church and, and you do these certain things. But as I sat there yesterday, and they go, you just tell me I go to a little church hall. I mean, uh, this was a little church, uh, but it was packed. We had chairs to the side and COVID, you know, get out of here because we had people everywhere. Uh, but as I sat there and listened to, and over the past few weeks, listened to hundreds of people share about my grandparents. It was over and over and over again about how I heard these old folks and young folks, there were people there a lot younger than I was, and they were commenting on the faithfulness of the old. And the faithfulness, though, over and over and over again, presented itself as, you know, they fed me, they took me in, they, they clothed me, they provided for me. And the stories were of my grandmother as she would go down the street to another person's home and bathe this woman on Sunday morning and get her loaded in the car so that lady could get to go worship. And over and over and over again, the stories were of faithful service, but not in the ways maybe we always uh, think of faithful service. It was in the piddly little day-to-day, hands-on things. I think she cooked more pans of chicken and dressing <coughs> Then I cook microwave popcorn, you know what I'm saying? Every time I'd call her, <clears throat> pardon me, I'd say, Grandma, what are you doing? I'm cooking a pan of dressing. She took the pan of dressing and everything, you know. Took a pan of dressing and everything. We took an uh, apple this or a, a baked that. She took it there. And it began to resonate with me that in order for us, like as I watched my grandma all these years, but even more so in the past few days, it has resonated with me that really and truthfully how most of us end up getting it wrong in our walks with God is really kind of like with our with our diets. Anybody ever dieted? Uh, anybody, most of you guys look pretty pretty fit, but you know, if you've been scowling, I think you look good, sir. <laughs> uh, some of you guys, you know, maybe you've tried some things to put in the freezer and you cooked in your house, or maybe you went to the gym. But you guys have like Planet Fitness down here? Uh, no. What's the same said? You have mines. So maybe everybody just looks good because you mine for a living with a shovel. I don't know. Um, but what traditionally happens when you realize you're fat? Everybody give me on this one, right? It's a thing to quit preaching and kind of What really happens when you realize, hey, I'm fat, is you, I'm going to do better. Do better. And so you. You rush to your house, throw away all the ultra green pies, and you ditch the Dr. Peppers, and you repent from all things sinful when it comes to food, and then you, you start to buy some dumbbells, and you work out, and you do it really, really hard for how long? A week. <laughs> you do it really, really hard for a week or two, and you start to feel a little bit better, but you also kind of resent yourself because you're not eating ultra green pies and drinking Dr. Pepper. And then what inevitably happens? That's right, sister. You get tired. And you fall off the wagon. And then you, you kind of feel guilty. You resent yourself. But you also don't want to put up with anymore. And you go back. And it kind of struck me that that's sort of how our spiritual lives are, right? We, we, we think, man, I shouldn't do this anymore. I shouldn't sin anymore. I shouldn't be involved in this anymore. And we try really, really hard for a while. Two steps forward, one step back, right? Two steps forward, one step back. But all of us inherently realize 
the faithfulness to God is not a hurry up and do game, right? Faithfulness to God is not a big show where we make something happen and then make nothing happen. Faithfulness to God is like an everyday thing. Faithfulness to God is my 87 year old grandmother who just every day, she lived in a little town. Nobody lives in that town, right? Heard of thousands of people living in that town. But people from far and wide have been impacted because every single day she was doing something. She didn't get still, she didn't get lazy, she didn't get, you know, she didn't have to get on TV to do it. She didn't have to argue with anybody on Facebook to do it. Praise God. Uh, she didn't have to be on social media. She didn't have to vote for Trump or Biden to do it. She didn't have to do none of that crap. Can you say Kevin Trudeau? My wife says, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I've been hanging out with my 91 year old grandpa for a few days. So, so, I apologize for that. But she don't do that stuff. Because what she did every single day was what I got to do every single day. I got to show up every single day and just be. Every single day. What God is looking for in me is not a Billy Graham sermon. And as a young person, when I was coming up through arting and all that kind of stuff, you always kind of feel like you're supposed to do something big and great, you know? And now I realize that as a faithful uh, follower of Christ, if I disciple my kids, that's faithfulness. Amen. If every day I lean into my wife and my kids and my job, that's all I get done today for Christ, I, that's succeeding, right? I promise I'm not normally this big baby, but And so, uh, you know, in Romans, I believe the Bible. In Romans chapter 8, it says, verse 1, there is no condemnation for those who belong in Christ Jesus. I think the thing that has stuck out to me lately is how many of my Christian brothers and sisters live as though we are absolutely no different than sinful worldly people. We live under the same rules, we're living under the same principles, we're dealing with the same problems, and, and most of us, we just sort of act and react just like the world does. We think we're bad and we're doing something bad, and look what the Bible says, there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. And because you belong to Him, listen church, the power of the life-giving Spirit has freed you from the power of Sin that leads to death. I think that a lot of us just sort of feel powerless. And honestly, if I had told, if I brought my little grandmother, she's about to figure out the grandmother, tiny little person, they had a little picture of me with her in the slideshow, other slideshows, and you know, that picture of me next to her, and my wife said, You're like a giant, because I'm just holding my tiny grandmother right here. But if you'd have told her, you'd have asked her yesterday or before, if you'd have said, you know, you feel powerful. But as we remember her and her death, all the things that she had done for so many people, what did we see? Power. Where'd that power come from? Her. She's that big on the ground. <laughs> you know? Her. And you know, you know what? When I come to you to preach to you, and I said at the beginning of this, I don't know you from Adam. 
when I'm done here, if you take something from this, it will not be from me. It'll be from the power of the life-giving Spirit. It'll be from, from God, not man. And so there is no condemnation for those who live in Christ Jesus. We don't have to go around with our heads down like everything's awful and everything's bad. And we got uh, the, the Democrats and Republicans and we got the Al-Qaeda and whatever. And we got all this terrible stuff going on in the world. You know where the power lives is not in this world. Uh-uh. That's not power. You know who's powerful? God. And if we want to make an impact for God, we have to lean in every day to who God is. Don't live like we're condemned people, like we're strangers and just huddling down in this old world, scared of death. We step out for God. That doesn't mean stepping out the way the world steps out, does it? That means making a pan of dressing and taking it to somebody. Like Paul said, showing up for people when they're sick, praying for them, doing for them, taking care of them. That's what matters. He says, <clears throat> verse 5, Those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things. Those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. So, letting your sinful nature control your minds leads to death. But letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. How many of you guys would like to live a life of peace? I know I would. I would. I get so busy. I get so worked up. I get so worried and so full of fret and anxiety. And I just don't really, you know, I just throw my hands up all the time and I say, Lord, I don't know what to do. My wife comes to me and she says, I can't handle this anymore. I'm tired of this. I got anxiety. I got stress. What does the Bible say right here? The way to not not have anxiety, the way to live into peace is to live into God's Spirit. I'm not, if I'm letting sinful things, now I don't have to be smoking weed and running around with women and killing people to live in a sinful spirit. Everybody can hear that word, right? I don't have to be a murderous criminal. The law doesn't have to come get me to not be living by the Spirit. And, and a lot of times I sort of live my life as if the cops don't catch me when I'm going 85, I'm living a good life. <laughs> well, I'm glad I'm not that sucker. You know, he got pulled over. The difference between that sucker and me is I didn't get caught. But my heart should be such that I'm living into God's Spirit. I'm asking God every day, what can I do today for you? Not for me, not for my glory. What can I do today for you, Lord? And as I'm, as he, you know, we would all say, yes, the Lord directs our steps, or yes, we trust the Lord. But I'm asking you today, do you trust the Lord with your pan of dressing? Do you trust the Lord with how you're talking to your, your kids or your grandkids? Most of you in this room got some gray hair on top. And I'm sure that you think, what kind of legacy am I leaving? What will they think of me? What kind of earth am I leaving behind? What are my children and grandchildren thinking of me? And you all inherently know this. When you're dead and gone, when we, all of us are no longer on this earth, people will remember you by who you were every day. How you treated people. How you loved the way Jesus loved. 
They will not remember you for all the big, wonderful things that you've worked so hard for. They're going to remember you for who you were every day. But you, verse 9, are not controlled by your sinful nature. You are controlled by the Spirit. If the Spirit of God is living in you, and remember, parentheses, those who do not have the Spirit of Christ living in them do not belong to him at all. And Christ lives within you. So even though your body will die because of sin, the Spirit gives you life because you have been made right with God. The Spirit of God, listen to this church, who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by this same Spirit living in you. Therefore, you have no obligation to do what the sinful nature urges you to do. But if you live by its dictates, you will die. But if through the power of the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the sinful nature, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you receive God's Spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba, Father, for the spirit join, our spirit joins to affirm that we are God's children. And since we are his children, we are heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. But we share in his glory, we must also share in his suffering. You hear what the word of the Lord says? We are heirs. And so every day, I need to live as though I am the child of the king. I need to live with my head held high. The interesting part there is at the last, right? I think a lot of us sort of seem to believe that, that if I follow Jesus just well enough, my grandma won't die. That we won't get sick. That pain won't happen to us. That persecution won't come. Scripture never teaches that. Scripture teaches that in the midst of all of that mess going on in the world, in the midst of the pain, in the midst of the, the crises and the pandemics and the floods and the hurricanes and the, and the people in our families that are dying, that in the midst of all that, we live every day as though we belong to the king. And that's what's most important. So... As I shared with you earlier, the message I felt like the Lord had shared with me several months ago actually comes from Ezra. And in the book of Ezra, chapter 3, you see this, they're coming back in uh, to rebuild the temple. You guys remember about the book of Ezra? And so they're coming back in to rebuild the temple, and they... they they're gathering everybody together, chapters 1 and 2, and they start to lay foundations and things like that. It says in verse 1 of chapter 3, In early autumn, when the Israelites had settled in their towns, all the people assembled in Jerusalem with a unified purpose. Verse 7, The people began to hire masons and carpenters. They brought cedar logs from the people of Tyre and Sidon, paying them with food and wine and olive oil. Verse 8, the, construct, the construction of the temple of God began in mid-spring. Verse 10, when the builders completed the foundation of the Lord's temple, the priests put on their robes. Now, can you imagine this exciting feeling for some, right? 
the priest coming back together. The temple has been destroyed. They're going to put it back together. The priest put on their robes. Just get this feeling in your mind. Took their places to blow their trumpets. The Levites descended on Asaph, clashed their cymbals to praise God, just as King David had prescribed. With praise and thanks, they sang this song to the Lord. He is good. He is faithful for Israel endures forever. Then all the people gave a great shout, praising the Lord, for the foundation of the Lord's temple had been laid. Listen to verse 12. But many of the older priests, Levites, and other leaders who had seen the first temple wept aloud when they saw the new temple's foundation. Why'd they weep aloud? I mean, the temple's being rebuilt, right? God is, has come back to his people. They, they should be great excitement because God is back. Things are being built. Things are changing. The foundation is being laid. The priests have put their robes back on. It's time to go again. And why did they weep aloud? It wasn't the way it used to be. It wasn't as good as it used to be. Church, the danger for all of us in this room today, is as I look back on my grandma's life and the memories that I had and the, the way it used to be, the danger in that is that I can say, well, it won't be that good anymore, and so I just don't. I don't try. It's very easy for all of us who are sitting in this room today, lots of empty chairs in here, ain't there? I've never been here before. I don't know if it's been full before or been empty before. I have no idea, okay? But I want you to know that the Lord is here. And the Lord is working in his people now. And it's not time for us to just weep and mourn and think of how great things were for any of us. The Bible teaches us that not to look back at some days as though they are greater than other days. The fact is that we live now, don't we? And you are for this generation what those people were for you. What this church can be, what this community is, and your family, your children, your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren, that memory, that legacy, that faithfulness in the Lord is being set now. Today, by you. It's time to not live as if we're just regular, ordinary earthlings. (laughs) There is no condemnation for us. The Spirit of God lives in you, and He gives you life. And that life is what we are to be daily breathing into this people, to this church, to our families. And when we're dead and gone, Praise God if they're all sitting around telling great stories of them pans of chicken and dressing. You know what I'm saying? Praise God if they sit around and tell of how every day we took care of people. Don't let us fall asleep. Don't let the church die. Don't let the people not know about God because we just lived like everybody else and didn't know what to do. God is alive, living in us. This morning, I pray that you are received the word of the Lord. And I pray 
that as you leave from here today, you will make a difference and not throw away them Weight Watchers packets. You know what I'm saying?